Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. Yeah, Pride Month may be over, but that doesn't mean that the conversation around LGBTQ2 issues should stop. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Sarah, a radio show producer, Quinn, an activist, and Mohan, politically involved and a human rights activist as well. If you missed part one of this conversation, I encourage you to go back and have a listen. I put quite a bit of effort into separating um, the social conservative extreme right from the Conservative Party of Canada. Mm. And, uh, you know... Now, as, as we all know, I'm a uh, card-carrying NDP uh, <laughs> supporter, and I'm currently vice president of the BCNDP, and I've run for office for the BCNDP, and I plan on running for office again, probably for the NDP. Nonetheless, you know, I think we all do better from having social conservatism separated away from fiscal conservatism, and I worked mm. on that ag- aggressively. And you know, we have much worse social conservative fears than the Conservative Party. Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada yeah. <laughs> actively troll trans people. They act. They actively incite uh, hatred and uh, discrimination on prohibited grounds against trans people. They actively pick on transgender people for political gain. This is awful. There was a um, there was a rally at the Vancouver Art Gallery a few days ago that was effectively a People's Party of Canada rally which had actual Nazis there, not yeah. pretend Nazis, actual Nazis who make Nazi cakes with swastikas on them, actual Nazis who actually defend, you know, yeah, they've, uh, they've Hitler been on social media, so forth. You know, yeah, you actually. Know, this actually was Saturday, there. right? Is that and something I you expected there. to see in Canada in 2019? Uh, it is not. I did no. not expect to see, you know, half a dozen well-dressed educated white supremacists and white nationalists who campaigned for Maxime Bernier. And I didn't expect to see a dozen or so soldiers of Odin providing security for anti-transgender events, supposedly anti-Soji, so sexual orientation, gender identity. And I really didn't expect this to be tolerated and to not get the coverage it deserves, which is, oh my God, We've got xenophobic white supremacists allying with transphobia, using trans kids as an excuse to kick down on a vulnerable, vulnerable minority. Don't you think the social climate is helping encourage that? I mean, that, but I think that the social climate and you know what we see going on in the states, what we see going on 
in Alberta, what we could see going on in our country is is allowing these people to freely speak these views, which I, I frankly think are illegal. You know, we, these people should not be allowed to be expressing these opinions in the street. And yet we saw a rally where no arrests were made. People were freely making Nazi symbols with their hands and getting away with it. And I, and I think that is what I'm afraid of. And I think, too, um, some of my best friends are fiscal conservatives. I am all on board with uh, fiscal conservatism. Um, I do think what I would love to see from our conservative politicians in this country that would make me feel safer is condemning some of this behavior, because that's the piece I feel like I'm missing. And so I just really what I need from like. American politicians, too, is just saying hate is not okay, like on the record that hate is not okay. Yeah, hate, that saying hate is not okay. And, and But going further than that, I think I would really like to see every leader saying anyone in my party who incites discrimination or implies that they're inciting discrimination on the basis of prohibited grounds, that person is out. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see that you know, even like the worst among among these these political groups, to my in my mind, is the People's Party of Canada. If they had the backbone to stand yeah. up and to say, you know what, we are really concerned about immigration because that's something that they're really pushing on. But we want to be clear: we're not talking about the wrong kind of people based on ethnicity. We're talking about some other thing, right? And whatever that thing might be, that would be clarity, yeah. and that would be not xenophobia. Unfortunately, of course, fear wins votes. Yeah, the ambiguity is on purpose. Yeah, like, that's that's right. the part that exactly. freaks me out. It's because they don't want to alienate that section of the voters. And like, frankly, I think that section of the voters needs to be alienated because it's not okay to be violent and hateful. And 100%. It's, 100%. And it's not okay well, yeah. that, you know, uh, the, the Canadian Christian lobby is hosting an event at UBC, at UBC yeah. where someone is giving a talk, and I have a recording of that talk that has been given before. And that talk includes statements that transgender women are delusional, that you can't change your sex, these kinds of statements that are inflammatory. This is outrageous. And, you know, when we can't even get a university to act, and this is my alma mater, I'm pretty upset, we can't be having organizations gang up on vulnerable minorities whatever the vulnerable, minor, vulnerable minority is. Well, and I imagine that, you know, you must shake your head when you see certain political parties or universities or organizations walking in the pride parade each summer, but not abiding by the old saying, you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Yeah, I think you nailed that on the head. Exactly. It's it. You come down to seeing a certain organization in the parade and and you know, on the face that there's rainbows and T-shirts and water guns and whatever they're doing in the parade. And then you have an incident like this where the line has not been drawn where it should be. We, we have laws. We have the criminal act. We have human rights. And people are not putting their foot down. And we see that with companies. We see that with organizations. And that's, you know, that angers us. We see these go by. It's it's it's. There is much more to just watching the floats go by. Every time you see an organization, you're going to think about what they've done for the community, how they position themselves in terms of these arguments. Do they have a statement? Do they 
do they stop this sort of thing? And and I think that's what we're asking for is is more clarity on all of these issues. I think that uh, there's no doubt that the opportunity that Pride gives us, for example, I'm thinking like when the press gangs go by, and I think <laughs> I remember when that press company did that attack piece on that poor transgender woman two years ago, where, oh, this is the, the, the one who has that journalist that said this horrible thing. Mm. And, uh, and uh, now, of course, all the activists see this. No one else sees it, but we do. Going back to the laws, I think, you know, the, so the, the House of Commons Standing Committee on Justice and Human Rights has just uh, re- published a report. Uh, I, was, uh, I was honored to be one of the persons who, uh, well, the Morgan Auger Foundation that I founded to fight uh, hatred uh, at a national level is, uh, was invited to be a witness and I gave testimony and advice and some of the advice was incorporated into the to the report as as advice again which is that uh, you know training should be provided for organizations and groups to understand the difference between free expression and and uh, hateful expression but also to the public to understand the difference between um, the to understand the limits of our laws you know our laws are very constrained in how we can act but one place are not constrained is in providing facilities and spaces. We, wh- wherever you have a business contract, you have a code of conduct. And that mm-hmm. code of conduct can include do not incite discrimination or hatred against anyone. Do not make the space unsafe for the staff or the participants. And that's, that's how we can actually enforce this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like and these large institutions, for example, or places where people work, they have a lot to learn when it comes to a, living up to their responsibilities Specifically, when it comes to homophobia and transphobia, we uh, we need training. We need teeth in our online systems, and uh, and then things that go over the airwaves, like a blog or a uh, a podcast. We need teeth that say, "No, you don't get to say whatever you want." You know, there are responsibilities. You're publishing something. One of the recommendations is to treat anything that can be stored online as a publication, and that way. Uh, to, to, to have the same laws, and I, I agree with these things. Mm-hmm. We need to do better when it comes to managing miscreants doing bad things on social media or online because that feeds the fire. And then some underinformed, radicalizable fool somewhere ends up picking up a gun or a knife or something that sets a fire and doing something terrible. And we're all a little bit responsible for tolerating that for too long. Coming up later in this episode, Should social media companies like Facebook and Twitter be held more accountable for the hate speech that happens on those platforms? You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and subscribe online now. It becomes so murky. Um, Morgan mentioned the the rally that that happened and you know I posted some pictures of the people that were there and and what's been happening to me is you know I get messages from fake profiles I have a bunch of people that are not even real adding me I'm getting trolled by a whole bunch of people and, and I don't even know who I'm dealing with so there, there's the ability to hide in the murkiness of the internet that unfortunately I think we're going to have to deal with and we're going to have to think of something. I'm, I'm you know, not an expert on this, but I've come up against this recently and, and it's so difficult. How, how do you regulate the person who is going to go out of the way to create fake profile after fake profile 
just to continue to, to spew their vitriol online. It's, it's so difficult. I wonder if that's a question we're asking in 2019. And by the time we have this conversation again, June of 2020, if that will actually be resolved. It's extremely unlikely. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, we also have the murky problem of uh, miscreants in our community. Right. This is a, something that we do at the queer community. We do a terrible job of holding our own accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Social media is a major safety concern for me. And it's huge with young people, too, which I think is one of the the young people. The kids are all right. I work extensively in youth communities and like I'm blown away by how confident and outspoken and articulate uh, young queer people can be. And I think there's lots of good stuff there, but there is also a lot of vulnerability. And because so much of youth culture involves online interaction, a lot of this stuff that isn't really being policed yet because the laws aren't there, that's where young people are getting a taste of hatred against their community in a way that can be really damaging. And trans suicide rates for trans youth and queer suicide rates are still far higher than in the general population. And one of my big concerns with the communication that happens online being unmonitored or unpoliced is that it means that people who are who are already struggling are seeing this hate and it's reinforcing their negative self-image and their self-hatred. It's interesting that we have both, you know, triumphed media as, you know, uh, mass media with Taylor Swift, uh, you know, bringing uh, the message of queer is okay into our homes. And now we're on the other side also criticizing media deeply for some of the faults. I just, I think that's an interesting observation that, that it's really evolving around how we communicate online and with media. As far as I'm terrified of where things could go with this encroaching populist extremist hatred that I see growing, I'm also really encouraged by what I see our youth doing. Mm-hmm, and, um, and really that extremist hatred you know, will show itself maybe at policy or in regions of our country or in other countries which are maybe going to create uh, refugees and things like this. But I'm really encouraged what I'm seeing. I'm also really encouraged by some of the measures I'm seeing internationally mm-hmm. uh, at the UN, at uh, you know the United uh, at the EU. So I think things are looking much better. It's just hard to swallow when we watch populist extreme right rise. It's terrifying, and I'm you know that's my deepest concern is the this this wave of extreme right that's growing around the world. This is so much more flaky than what you just said, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's kind of my pet passion. Um, I'm really into like pop culture representation and kind of the journey that that is going on in terms of queer representation. 2016 was a really bad year. It was it's called the like the gay Colleen. Uh, it was like something like 56 queer characters, queer and trans characters were killed in television shows, and as like. Since 2016, just the level of queer representation that I've seen in pop culture and like diverse and interesting, um, I just find really like really positive. I think that Pose is an amazing show that is doing something different for representation than I've seen. Uh, Tales of the City, which just came out, the new one is also very interesting, very diverse. And I just am really excited because I like Taylor Swift. This is bringing um, queer, trans, lesbian, gay, all all the stories 
to the masses in a way that could make really big difference and also in a way that transcends like you can watch them in Vancouver but you can also watch them in 100 Mile House and you can watch them in like the smallest town basically with the internet anywhere in the world and so I think that that I'm really encouraged by the way that I'm seeing queer stories represented in the in pop media. I think I want to end on a positive note too and just agree with both of you. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we spend a lot of time worrying about the, the negatives, but I think that now is the time when we are moving forward. And I think uh, just to remember to not leave anyone behind because we got to look around in our community and, and find all those intersections with other folks who we may not have thought of and work together. Hey, thanks you guys so much for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. No worries. I mean, I was here already. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know there are only 28 countries that have legalized same-sex marriage? Canada was the fourth country to do so in 2005. That means that next summer will mark the 15th anniversary of the Civil Marriage Act. And once again, will give us a chance to reflect on where we've come and where we need to go with human rights in this country. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer, with a big special thanks to Sarah Hyde, who helped us produce this episode. It's a national radio show, as well as a podcast. Download, subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating and a review while you're there, too. You can follow us on Twitter, at This Is Why, or you can always send us an email, This Is Why at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 